every time you get a chance to witness this scene, you feel lucky. Nothing like it. Man, this is what it's all about. This is what college football is all about. I've, I've said this is the best scene in the country. Welcome back to Whiteout Weekly on one of the worst losing weeks in recent memory. Dave, I got to ask, how are you? Uh, how are you coping with the loss in this week so far? Not too well, Luch. I feel uh, <laughs> that was one of the most demoralizing ways to watch this team fall in recent memory, and it's just heartbreaking. we talked about it all year and a year as wide open as ever (laughs) and you're in control of your own destiny even after that heartbreaking Kinnick and in a game where you should have rolled out of bed and covered the spread nine fucking overtimes nine overtimes do you think they're gonna run again if they run it again I will freak out here we go get John We'll we'll get into the rule, or we won't get into whatever later. But with that many attempts at the goal line, you can't punch it in against fucking Illinois. The three fucking yard line, three fucking yeah, yard line. You got Big Ten title, college football playoff aspirations. It's just tough, man. And I won't get into a whole preacher rant. Will or preacher rant? I know you had yours in the Iowa game, but. What I can't stand, and it could just be me with the groups that I'm in, you know, as well as anyone that I love, Penn State football more than anything in the world. And there's a lot of of Philadelphia-based fans who love Penn State. And Mm. anyone knows, everyone's – Philadelphia fans are very critical of their team. Yes. And we have the right and the liberty to be disappointed and want better of a head coach who we're paying gobs of money to get this thing right, who has stated that he wants to get this thing right. And here we are on Twitter, message boards, you know, Betty Sue from class of 79, Joe Schmo from class 84. Hey, if you don't, if you're going to criticize them and, you know, just stop watching them. It's like, no, fuck you, dude. Yeah, I, he's, he's, you know, he's worthy of criticism. Like everyone Every is worthy of criticism. Here. Like, come like on. if this was Alabama, this is Georgia SEC country and they wouldn't <laughs> settle for mediocrity. Like, yeah, no. I'm a of going 10 and 2 and going to the fucking fiesta bowl but <laughs> i need to see a penn state champion national championship before i leave this earth luge <laughs> so do i so do i if that happens i will pass away and i'll be forever grateful uh but dude that's the expectation and then i don't you could say the argument they're just kids i don't give a shit they're these kids are prepping to go to the nfl and mm. we're paying james franklin to get this team ready and he's just had it every year it's we're striving to get to be where ohio state's at or we're striving to get the college football playoff and i have no doubt but he's got relationships he can get the recruits in here he's got his oc now 
and you put up 10 points against fucking Illinois. I don't yeah. care if it was a sleet storm, hail, snow. You got to score more than 10 on Illinois. On Illinois, on Illinois of all teams. If it was any other team in the Big Ten, it'd be like, like I mean, Rutgers or Maryland or Northwestern. But come on, you got to score more than God, that was that was. We're never going to know what was up with Clifford, but you look on the landscape. You look at. I'll go back to Georgia, right? They have JT Daniels, who's a preseason Heisman favorite. He's out. They throw Stetson Bennett in there, and they still fucking blow out teams by fifty. So I like the fact that you a hobbled Clifford. You know, I don't. Again, I don't know what was wrong. You should have been able to put out Roberson and put up at least twenty points on that Illinois defense. Like, come the fuck on, dude. And that's what we were saying at in the uh, in the Iowa game when uh, Roberson had to came in. Like where, like it seemed like he had not been coached once all season, or like had any like sort of reps or street. anything. It like, looked like last year in the NFL with all the COVID issues when Denver had to play. What was it, Kendall Hinton? He went in at quarterback. Yeah, play. like it was. Yeah, that's exactly. What it was like, dude, not a D one backup quarterback. You got yeah, to it's a, win a game. Not only is this kid a, not only is he a backup quarterback. Oh my god, dude! Not only is he a backup quarterback, but he's could be the future. Like he could be a future starter. You have to pay some sort of attention to that guy in freaking high school quarterback who should be able to go to the next level and get a fucking snap off. Yeah, frustrating, dude. It's it's another year. Yeah, yeah. They only got two losses. Whatever, but it's another year down the drain where you're not going to get to where this team needs to be. Yeah. Uh, So I'm actually dealing with it going back to the old uh, feeling good handbook here, (laughs) old down the dumps, you know, got to get mentally right again before uh, Ohio state. I'm reading. Don't kill myself books. You said that the book wasn't yours. Don't worry about the book. It isn't mine. I glanced at it. Um, so it's brief. We're going to briefly just run down this fucking clown circus of a fucking nine overtime game. I might need which, a copy of that book, first. which was the first, the first, you can definitely grab a copy. I got multiple, right. um, first year that this rules has been implemented. Yeah. First rule. Mm-hmm. We were the first ones to test it out. The Guinea pigs. And yeah, I could only imagine the person that made that rule imagined Illinois and, and Penn State not being able to score a two-point conversion from the three-yard line or five That's straight overtimes. Like they were not picturing that at all. Testing it out to the max. Like let's yeah. see how fucking long this game can go. Like, holy shit, man! All right, so just to I'm just gonna dive into my my notes here on this game. Clifford's injured. He's on one leg. You have to rely on the run in that situation. No Kane, 11 rushes with a long of seven, 3.9 yards per carry. Kevon Lee, seven rushes for 24 yards, and he had a 13-yard gain, uh, but was just stuffed after that. Mm-hmm. So basically, he had six carries for uh, math, 11 yards after that. John Lovett, five carries, 21 yards, but also had an 18-yard gain. So he basically had four carries for three yards. So the running game just never got going. We praise the pass protection um, that the Penn State offensive line has given Clifford, but just the run blocking has just been abysmal, absolutely abysmal. And good. 
No, I was just going to say they, they tried some different rotations too. Uh, you mentioned before in a previous app where Miranda was struggling at that center spot. So they did test out or move Scruggs over to the center role and yes. swap Miranda over to guard. But at this point in the season, to be having to experiment with things like that, we, we mentioned before that it was they were going to be in spots where they had to run. Everyone knew they had to run. And can they get it done? Just didn't think it was going to be against Illinois. And the reason being because your starting quarterbacks hobbled. You should, again, you should be able to roll out of bed and get 150 yards on the ground against Illinois. It's yeah, and that comes down to the offensive yeah. line just so stepping you gotta, up. You got to work on it. It's the focus, and it just hasn't come to fruition. And <sighs> I don't know what it is. Yurcich um, or Yurcich said it's, I got to get us in some better, more advantageous positions to be able to run the ball. So I don't know if it's play calling, if it's scheme, it's something, but you're a, as a powerhouse Big Ten team with college football playoff aspirations and not being able to run the fucking football, it's it's not good. That was one of our main concerns. You can't fix it. It's not just, they're not just going to roll into the shoe and just rip off 300 yards. Yeah, it's, automatic, they, are yeah. they are right now, and they're going to need an offseason to fix it. And that was our main concern heading into the Big Ten was this running game really wasn't a threat on offense at all. How is that going to translate once we get into Big Ten football, colder weather, tougher defensive lines, tougher linebackers? And, yeah, it really showed against, a, just, to be honest, a mid to bottom tier Big Ten team. Bottom, bottom tier. Um, speaking of bottom tier, their pass rush hadn't done anything all season, but our offensive line gave up 10 total pressures seven hurries on a basically one-legged quarterback and three sacks allowed. Miranda gave up one. Rashid Walker gave up one. Just just really, really bad games for them. And basically the entire offensive line besides Juice Scruggs, who has still not allowed a sack this season, which is just incredible. Incredible stat by Juice. Good old Juice. Um, Always rely on Juice. Last thing I'm going to say in this game, I'll talk about Clifford. Uh, he was 56% completion for only 165 yards. That means he's averaging 4.9 yards per completion, which is just like against Illinois, you you got you just got to take some deep shots. But when he did on 20-plus yard throws, he was one for four for 36 yards. So just was not accurate down the field. Not accurate even over the over the middle, which is where his bread and butter is, which was very concerning. Um, and then even the easy throws, screenplays, five for six for only eight yards, 1.3 yards per attempt. So they were all over the screen game. Once that wasn't working, he had to make he had to start making real quarterback decisions, reading routes, reading route concepts, reading the defense prior to the snap, and he just wasn't able to get it done. And final thing, obviously, he was under a lot of pressure. Uh, in fact, he was under pressure on 23.1 of his dropbacks. Mm-hmm. And under pressure, he was 2 of 5 for 33 yards. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think with him being hobbled, this offense runs best when he's able to create and use his legs. And he was at a disadvantage with that this past weekend. And you yeah. Again, due to the injury, but still, that definitely impacted it. Um, 
And I, I think, and I'm going to, for my one point on this game, I'm going to flip to the defensive side of the ball. It's hard to knock them <laughs> for all the possessions that they went through to still, what was it, 18 points, 20 points? The five five times that they stopped them from the three-yard line. Yeah, the, the shock was, <laughs> and you see the images on Twitter of, you know, and obviously watching the game with Illinois with, what was it, seven, eight de- linemen in the game to run the ball, pound it down your throat, and you still give up. 200 what was it 200 250 yards mm-hmm. something like that for the game and just not having the strategy or the halftime adjustment to stop that was mind-boggling for me um probably yeah. not the end of that adjustment and then again you don't want to pin it to just one play but <laughs> you i look at that i think it was i don't know if it was the end of the fourth or maybe it was in one of the ot's where brisker was it brisker who dropped that pick mm-hmm. kind of right in his hands and it's mm-hmm. ah so you saw, I saw in practice today that uh, Pry was out there just slinging fucking footballs at the linebackers and and uh, DB saying you got to be ready to catch that. But um, it yeah, it was a oh, I don't even want to. All right, that. I think that is that's enough talk of that last game. Let's Men in Black wipe it from our minds. It's over. Never happened before we get into. The big game. It is time for another round of trivia. This time, Dave will be asking the question. Again, this is from Penn State History 2000-2010. I still have two lifelines, I believe. You do? Yeah, I'm going to friend and a hint. Mm-hmm. Let me text my friend or friend just so he's ready. Okay. Yeah, just make sure he's on call. All right, give it to me. You ready? Ready to go. My question is, these two five-star recruits were both in the same recruiting class and rank in the top five, according to 24-7 Sports, as the top two of the top five highest-rated Penn State recruits of all time. Same same recruiting recruiting class, you said? Both rank in the top five all time, according to 24-7 Sports, of highest rated recruits to enter the program. They commit at the same time. Did they commit at the same time? Fuck. I'm going to use my phone, friend. Oh, let's go. I'm going to get... Jonathan Haber on the line. Oh, let's go, Haber. We gotta get the uh who wants, I hope he, wants to be a millionaire? Countdown yeah. clock. Okay. I hope he answers. What's going on here? Uh oh. Call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging system. When you need it the most, there's nowhere to be found. Do I get a double dip on that? I'll give you a double dip. All right, let's try. Let's try the third Slim Reaper, Mr. Kern Ruyak. Oh! Mm. 
Am I on my phone? Yo. Yo. Oh, perfect. Um, so we're filming What Out Weekly. I just got a trivia question, and I'm using my phone to friend. All right, what do we got? Um, so the question is, repeat the question, Dave. Uh, question is, these two five-star recruits. These two the five-star recruits. We're both in the same recruiting class. We're both in the same recruiting class. And rank as the rank, both rank in the top five all time. And both rank in the top five players. all time. As highest rated recruits. As highest rated recruits. And here's what I was thinking. Hackenberg, I think, is in there. So they were friends. Is that, is that part of this? Uh, I don't know if they're friends. They're just in the same recruiting class. They were both in the same class. They were in the same class. They were both ranked the highest of all time. Yeah. Right, top, top five, top five of, yeah, 247 Sports recruiting. It was the last part? The top five and yeah, twenty four seven sports like recruiting. I think Reggie Bush could be involved in this. Dude, they went to Penn State. Oh, they went to Penn State. Sure, yeah, that makes sense. From two thousand to two thousand ten. Oh, well, Hackenberg. Right, I think it was Hacken or Hack and Saquon in the same class. If they were, then like that—that that seems like a pretty good. I just don't. I think. I think they were in different different classes. Same, because Saquon, we got to enjoy not of Hackenberg. We got to enjoy all of which sucked. Oh fuck! All right, I think my time limit's out. I'm gonna go hack. Fuck. Could be an offensive lineman. <laughs> That's a deep cut. Ooh. No. All right, yeah, I'm going to go Hackenberg and Saquon. Final answer. Uh, yeah, I knew they were in the same fucking class. God. Who was it? What's the answer? What's the answer? The answer is Derek Williams and Justin King. Oh, God. Derek Williams. I was never going to pull Justin King. Yeah. Number, I, I, number Justin one and King. number five all time. What was Hackenberg? Uh, that's a good question. Probably not even top 20. I do think a number one QB. In, in his class, I don't know about all time. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Hackenberg was seventh. They actually have Morelli ahead of Hat, one spot ahead of Hat. Anthony Morelli? They go Derek, Derek Williams, Derek Williams, Michael Parsons, Justin Shorter, Dan Connor, King, Morelli, Hackenberg. So our highest quarterback ever recruited was Anthony Morelli. Yeah. Nice. There's Penn State football for you. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Elf Kern. I'm sorry. I couldn't be more helpful. No, no worries. No worries. <laughs> We're in this together. Of course. All right. So now it's time to preview the big game at the Horseshoe under the lights against number five, Ohio State. Who's absolutely rolling? Uh, 7:30 again on ABC. I hate that this is prime time. Just in case we get our ass kicked, now everyone can see. Yeah. Just based off that Illinois game, I forgot to mention this. That Illinois game was sort of a almost recruiting loss game. Like you can lose some recruits losing to Illinois like that. Mm-hmm. 
And then if we come in Ohio State and just get rolled, like, I don't know. Maybe I got to I gotta stick to this. Stick to this. Can't think negatively. <laughs> Positive from here on out. I'm reading um, Don't Kill Myself books. <laughs> basically what I've become. See, you've been getting into a little light reading. It's not mine. I bought that for a friend. Yeah. Um, have you looked at the spread? It's Wednesday right now, so. You know, it's right. you know what it is? Minus 18 and a half, over under 59 and a half. So let's just go over this juggernaut of a Ohio State offense. They put up 44 points in the first half against Indiana last week. So just to give you a little context of what they're working with, um, quarterback C.J. Stroud, he's now the third favorite for the Heisman at plus 450. Above him is uh, Ole Miss quarterback Matt, Mar- Matt Corral at plus 300. And the favorite so far is Alabama quarterback Bryce Young at plus 160. And as I was looking at this, I saw a little bit of uh, value. Desmond Ritter plus 3,000. Oh! If they make the college football playoff, I feel like he could be in the conversation for that. But He'll be a finalist. Then again, yeah. It might, yeah. But I put a little scratch on that. $10 hey, to, win three, to win 300 Like, why not? Yeah. Um, a little Ritter. So, C.J. Stroud, second in the Big Ten in passing yards, first in yards per attempt, first in touchdown to interception ratio, ratio, with an absurd 22 touchdowns to three interceptions. And those three picks came in the first three games of the season. So, the last three games, he's thrown 14 touchdowns to zero picks against Rutgers, Maryland, Indiana. Mm-hmm. And... I think the scariest stat about Stroud is that he's been sacked only five times this season. So young quarterback, the way to get to them is rattling them. He's not getting rattled, not getting rattled at all. Yeah. Playing behind one of the biggest, biggest offensive lines, at least in the big 10, if not in the country. So that certainly helps. Let me go over this big, this offensive line. So left tackle, they got Nicholas Petit Ferrer or Fair. Uh junior, 6'5, 315. Oof. No sacks allowed on the season. Right tackle, Dewan Jones, 6'8, 360. Big fucking boy. He's allowed two sacks, uh, one QB hit. Left guard, they've gone back and forth, I think maybe because of injury. Um uh Thayer Munford. Six foot six, 320 pounds. The other left guard, Matthew Jones, 6'4, 310 pounds, zero sacks on the season. Right guard, Paris Johnson Jr., six foot six, 316 pounds, zero sacks allowed, but has a team high eight pressures, mm. which is where I wish we had Mustafer still. Yeah. And then a redshirt freshman at center. Luke Weipler, zero sacks allowed this season and only two total pressures. And he's 6'3", 300. Mm. So everybody on that line is about 300 pounds. So, mm-hmm. yeah, big boys. Going to be a task to even get pressure on Stroud, let alone stop the running game. Mm-hmm. 
and they got this true freshman, uh, Trayvon Henderson, 5'10", 210 pounds, and he just absolutely took over the starting role, I think, in the summer, basically. Over two, like... No, started start of the year fourth on the depth chart. And, and then rose up as they played. Rose up and took it over. Yeah, because they had Master Teague, who's an upperclassman. And a returning went, starter who yeah. played a prominent role last year and has just kind of been thrown by the, the wayside with the with Henderson bursting onto the scene. I mean, he's averaging 8.8 yards per carry and has 11 touchdowns on the season. 11 so, touchdowns. And he's, he's utilizing all phases of the game. Uh, last week against Indiana, he had 10 touches for 95 yards and three touchdowns in the first half. So he might be looking like the next great Ohio State back. Um, it looks like it's sad to say that. Yeah, if you thought Chase Brown from the Illini looked, looked explosive against us, just wait till you see Trayvon Henderson. He's a beast. So who do you think is the leading receiver for uh, Ohio State? What'd you guess? Well, we got two of the most prolific receivers, not just in the Big Ten, but the country. I'm going to go ahead and say Garrett Wilson. Correct. Leading receiver. Um, just from the few Ohio State games that I flipped to, he's just a yeah. total athlete. Terrific yeah. route runner. Despite being six foot, he's one of the best at, like, tracking the ball downfield and high-pointing it, which is a lot of the times I thought it was Olave, but it was Garrett Wilson tracking the ball and making those high-point catches. And then next to him, they got, obviously, Chris Olave who is leading the Big Ten with six touchdowns of 15-plus yards this season. And Olave, in his entire Ohio State career, never dropped a pass in the end zone on 37 targets. Pretty incredible. Yeah. And once again, another really, really smart route runner. Finds gaps in the zone, game-changing speed. So it's going to be another big task for – for our secondary, for sure. Yeah, big task for Porter and for Field Castro Fields. And like you mentioned with the offensive line, if we can't get the pressure on them, it's going to be even a bigger task for Brisker and Brown to be able to help out. Because um, just with the talent that's there, love our corners, love our secondary, but they're not going to be able to keep with them or keep up with them for that amount of time. That's just a tall, tall order to ask of, of any secondary. Yeah, um, and they play a lot of uh, three wide. So in the slot, they had this sophomore Jackson Smith and Jigba, who has yeah, 18 Jigba, catches yeah. of 15 plus yards from the slot, which leads all power five players. So they yeah, got three some, stud receivers out there and a sub running yeah, back. Yeah, some thinking Jigba could end up being better uh, than Wilson and Alave by the time he's done. So yeah. And then not to mention on the back burner, they got Marvin Harrison Jr. coming up the pipe. <laughs> But that's we got, that's we got Donald Driver Jr. We got Donald Driver Jr. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, don't worry about it. That's next year's problem. Um, what do you got on the defense for me? Because I know that's a another formidable unit that's kind of gotten itself together over the uh, past couple of weeks since losing to Oregon. Yeah. So leading going in that Oregon game, you know, still it's Ohio State. It's a talented defense, but not really that proven guy. Uh, there's no Joey or Nick Bosa on the D line. Uh, even throwing it back further, there's no James Laronitis out there. <laughs> uh, but but still a proven and talented group. Um, so one of their key, another key true freshman contributor, um, 
you know, I know pro football focus has some stats on him, but Denzel Burke, one pick, only 12 catches allowed on, I think, about 176 targets. So very effective right out the gate. Leading Absolutely tackler, locked down. Yeah, leading tackler uh, is coming from the safety position, Ronnie Hickman. Uh, sophomore, he's got two picks himself and a touchdown. Uh, solid linebacking core, uh, and then also solid play out of the D tackle spot. Uh, Haskell Garrett and Tyleek Williams, uh, both with four sacks on the year. So with our O line, where we're yeah. seeing some issues, going to be another tall task. Don't like to hear uh, that that they have a good interior pass rush because that's where we're the weakest, to be honest. That's what last week, I mean, people were just blown by Miranda left and right. Yeah, and word out of practice uh, this week and then from Franklin today is that they expect Clifford, I think Clifford even said himself, he expects to be as close to 100% as he's been this weekend, and we're sure as hell going to need it because he's going to need to be able to extend some plays, create some plays with his legs um, because they'll be back in that backfield um, sooner than, you know, quicker than you blink uh, with the weight you know, with the rate that they've been able to apply pressure. So another tall task for that offensive line. And I don't know if this is the game where you get the running game going. So Clifford's going to have to be a magician back there. Yeah. And looking at betting this game, I mean, I'm definitely not just because I can't get my heart broken and my wallet taken from me. So, but if Penn state were going to win or stand a chance in this game, you would have to take the plus 18 and a half and then the under. Right. Yeah. yeah, I don't know that. that maybe, uh, maybe, yeah, it, yeah maybe if you take the over, if you're taking down. plus eighteen and a half, I would, you would have to take the over, help to shoot out. But yeah, yeah, not betting that game. But we will be betting on a few other Big Ten games as week nine. Week nine, baby. Week nine of the Big Ten betting bonanza will come up to you right after this. No commercial, just coming up next. (laughs) Welcome to week nine of the Big Ten betting bonanza. And boy, are things starting to heat up. The spectacle is now tied 14 apiece, as I'll give you the rundown of last week's picks. Dave, the conflicted game was the Wisconsin-Purdue game. Dave took the money line. (laughs) Missed. I took Wisconsin, hit, plus one. Uh, Dave went with the over in Michigan Northwestern, thinking that Michigan would just absolutely roll them. That went under. Um, I went with Minnesota minus five, took care of business against Maryland. And then Dave hit on Ohio State minus 21, which – was over by the first half, which was yeah. impressive bet. Impressive bet. <laughs> and then I lost my last game, uh, Northwestern plus 23 and a half. Thought it was going to be a look ahead game. Was not. Uh, they lost. I think they didn't cover by three, six. I think it was 33 seven. Lost by 26. Yeah. So close. Very close. Field goal here, or there. You never know. So, Two points for me this week. One point for Dave means it's 14 to 14 heading into week nine. And Dave, I'll let you go first. All right. I'm going to kick off with the big battle in the state of Michigan. 
So we got Michigan, Michigan State. Battle. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm taking the over 50 and a half. That was the number that the exact same number you took last I'm week. Going back, to the well. going back to the well, Luke. And you're doing the over. Doing the over. Oh, boy. Fool me once. Shame <laughs> on you. Fool me twice. Shame Damn. on Michigan <laughs> Michigan um, over 15 and a half um, so I'm looking at that same game this uh, for me filming Wednesday just so everyone knows um, this line right now is at plus four for Michigan State and they're at home I think that this is going to be come down to be one of those just classic games where it comes down to whoever has the ball last. Mm-hmm. I really want to take the points to ensure just in case it's like a Michigan field goal, but I feel like Michigan just always just has bad luck every year. So I'm going to roll the dice and go Michigan state money line here. Woo! Sparty up. Yep, baby. Yeah, that was originally plus four, and then I last minute changed to the money line. Okay, okay. Because Michigan's they're having too good of a season. Some some something's bound to happen where their season goes off the rails. Happens every year with Harbaugh. Yeah, it feels too good, too good to be true for Harbaugh. Something's gotta go wrong. Uh your second pick, Dave. Second pick. I am going to Lincoln. We got the Boilermakers taking on the Huskers. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to boiler up again. Oh, baby. Boilermakers plus seven and a half. Give it to them. You're taking my squat from me. Taking them. Uh, you're taking the points or money line? I'm taking the points this time. Plus seven and a half. Plus seven and a half. So, I mean, maybe you haven't the past couple of weeks, but you've been on Nebraska kind of this season. I have. What's with the flip? I think Nebraska still wins this game. I just think it's closer than a touchdown. Yeah. That's, that's kind of my train of thought here. A three and five team. Yeah. Yeah. That is a weird, a three and five team versus a four and three mm-hmm. minus seven and a half. That's, yeah. It's a little sus. Uh, for my, Second pick, I'm going to stick with the theme of riding the horses until they fail you. Going with the Golden Gophers again, minus seven and a half at Northwestern. They're going to cover. Um, I think they've won like five of the, five of the last six games. Yeah, check. row the boat. Flex got them rowing that boat. So I'm going to take them against a pretty pathetic uh northwestern defense i think they're gonna run the ball all over them go for another win hopefully cover hopefully that hook doesn't get me but yeah i'm taking minnesota minus seven and a half okay and for your final pick final pick i'm gonna do it Luch. taking us to the shoe 
taking the under 59 and a half. Okay. All righty. I'm taking a stand here. I think this defense is too good to get blown out and just give up. So don't know that we cover the 18 and a half. Don't feel real good about it, but I think, I think the defense keeps the points to a minimum. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Cause that's honestly our best way to win. Yeah. I kind of like that bet too. I'm not gonna lie. I don't I don't see this. I could see it getting ugly, but I don't see uh, you know, 55 to seven funeral. I see more of a 31, 13, or 14 if it yeah. gets ugly. Oh yeah, I'm really conflicted on this game. I mean, on paper, it's obviously Ohio State's gonna destroy us, but there's just always those games where after you lose against like an Illinois where the team just rallies and you never yeah. know what could happen. So might lose, but it might be closer than a lot of people expect. So for my last pick, I wrote down Iowa money line at Wisconsin and then immediately crossed it off immediately. <laughs> and right under Iowa was good old Rutgers. Oh, minus, minus one and a half. Going back to the well. Playing Illinois. Look what happened to Iowa when they beat Penn State. Smoked yeah. the next week. Illinois beats Penn State. Rutgers going to smoke them this week. 2-0 and on that theory, hopefully, after this week. But, yeah, I think Rutgers is going to absolutely destroy Illinois. He's on their high horse. Mm-hmm. Rutgers just kind of, you know, trying to keep that program still on like a winning path. So I think they're going to be the hungry dog in this game. Illinois is full. They're fat. Hungry dogs run faster. <laughs> Let's go Scarlet Knights. Let's go Knights, baby. You beat the Nets, you go down the next week. That's how it goes. Yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching and tuning in to Whiteout Weekly. We will be back every week with more Penn State news and information. And once again, I cannot thank you enough for spending your time with us. Luigi, signing out. See you guys.